This is the Humans of Gaming Podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. This is Jonathan Clausen again, Chief Audio Nerd for Love Thy Nerd. Thanks so much for listening to our second half of the Gen Con 2019 interviews, featuring some of our favorite experiences at the convention. Drew Dixon, our Chief Content Nerd, talked to six more developers and designers for this show, including Evan Derrick of City of Angels, who spent five to six years creating this game. He also spoke to Robert Newton, Josh Wood, and Frank West among others. After Drew got a quick rundown of the games they were presenting at Gen Con, he asked, what do you hope the players get out of the experience? And why do you make games? It's always exciting for us to make new friends at conventions, and the energy and passion at Gen Con is one of our favorites. If you're interested to learn more about why we go to conventions like Gen Con, Penny Arcade Expo, and others, Visit us at lovethynerd.com to find our other podcasts, written articles and resources, and links to our social media groups. Thanks again for your time, and we hope you enjoy these interviews from Gen Con 2019. Drew Dixon from Love Thy Nerd here with Evan Derrick. How are you? I am doing awesome. Well, I'm very tired, but good tired. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's day two, but I mean, if you're not exhausted by day two, like it's, it's day two for everybody who's at the con. It's day four for us. That's right. Because we you go to the the uh, exhibitors events and stuff, right? The developer events they have prior. No, we just have to come and set everything uh, up. Right. Like, the the whole exhibit hall and all the booths don't just magically appear. They that's require right. hours of backbreaking labor and yeah. unpacking boxes. So that's how we start out is yeah. doing that, and it's exhausting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, how did you get it? How long have you been making games? Um, I've been in making games for like six to eight years. I think 2011. How? That's seven years. Seven years. All right. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, yeah you're, that's a veteran in this industry. <laughs> There's people who've been around doing it a lot longer than me and have more games than me. Yeah. I mean, technically, I only have two or three published titles to my name, even though I'm I'm a publisher and yeah. I, I do a lot of other stuff. But as a designer. Only two to three titles. So yeah, there's yeah. just a lot of other guys who've been <laughs> doing it yeah. a lot longer than me. Yeah, and I'm here to talk to you about Detective City of Angels, but you've done what? Are, what else have you worked on? So my first game was uh, Dark Moon. Stronghold Games published it. Yeah. It was a you know hidden trader game. It was based on I love Battlestar Galactica, but it oh, took three too. hours to play. Yeah. Uh, and so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love the show, and I love the board game from yeah. Fantasy Flight, but it took three hours to play, so I kind of distilled what I loved about that game into an hour-long version and threw dice in it, and that's what Dark Moon became. So, uh, Dark Moon, and I've done some expansions for some of our games. We have a game called Hostage Negotiator, and I've done a little expansion pack for that. But Detective City of Angels is really my big baby. I've been working on it for five to six years. Oh, wow. So, it's like a passion I, we we thr- you know what every project on some level is a passion project in our industry, but this one really is a passion yeah, project. Yeah. Five to six years is a lot of passion. Yeah. Uh, how does that feel like finally getting this out into people's hands after that long of a process of of working on it? It's kind of surreal, 
but also there's so many other stages beforehand and milestones we hit that um, that everybody else doesn't see. Like when we're actually have it out and we're selling it to people, that's like really far along in the process. So probably honestly one of the biggest moments for me was when I delivered the files to our printer. Because at that point it was like the the game is it had been in my hands for so long. I, you know, I I everything in the game is what I wanted. Um, it's 100% my vision for what I wanted to be, which is very rare for designers to have that level of creative control. Um, but when I let it go and sent the files to the manufacturer, and it's like now it's gone. That was kind of a big. That was actually a really big moment. But now that people are, it's also a really big moment now that people are getting it and playing. It's it's awesome to see the response. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell us, um, kind of give us the quick pitch, like what is Detective City of Angels and what makes it unique? Detective City of Angels is a mystery solving game set in the 1940s in Los Angeles. It's very noir inspired, so LA Confidential or Rockstar Games, LA Noir video game. Um, those were all big inspirations for it. Um, the thing that really sets it apart is that it's a competitive mystery solving game. The detectives are not working together cooperatively. They're working against one another yeah. to be the first to solve the case. But there is also another player facing off against the detectives that we call the chisel. Okay. And the chisel is an old noir term that means to cheat or to steal. And the chisel gets to control how the suspects respond to questions. So as the detectives move around the city and ask the suspects questions, the chisel can have them lie or tell the truth. And so it introduces a real psychological element to the game that not only are you trying to solve a mystery and figure out what's, what's, you know, what really happened, but you also have to figure out if you're being lied to as you're going, as you're going along. And, and that really makes it a really interesting take on the whole kind of mystery detective genre. Yeah, that's cool. If you had to narrow it down to one thing, what do you hope players get out of their experience playing the game? What do you hope they gain from their time playing Detective City of Angels? I, I want them to feel like detectives. Yeah. I want them to feel that experience of solving a mystery. Uh, one of the reasons why I designed it is because I, I love mystery solving games, um, but a lot of them are deduction based, like Clue. Yeah. You're not really solving a mystery in Clue. You're just shuffling some cards and sticking under the board and trying yeah. to figure out, okay, which... You're drilling things out. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't really feel like you're solving a murder, and I wanted a game that you actually felt you were really solving a mystery, like a real detective yeah. would, or as close as you can approximate in a box of cardboard. Yeah. I imagine being a real detective is probably mind-numbing, back-breaking <laughs> work with yeah. very little moments of excitement. Right. Um, but... I wanted players to feel like they were a detective like to the get Hollywood that feeling. Version of a detective. Absolutely. All the fun parts. Yes, <laughs> and I think I, I I think to some extent we've uh, succeeded with that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people uh, are responding to it and saying, "Man, this makes me really feel like I'm solving a mystery. <laughs> really feel like I'm yeah. I'm a detective." Yeah. A couple more questions I like to ask designers: Why are games to, important to you? Why are they a valuable part of your life? I. I think probably the some of the best moments for me as a game designer is when I see just pictures online of people like in another country playing my game. I'll never meet them. I don't know who they are, but there are these pictures of them smiling and having fun and sitting around and enjoying this thing that I created uh, specifically to to bring people together. Yeah. And so that that's just a really deeply satisfying uh, feeling just to watch people um, really attach to your game to yeah. your games like that and really have amazing experiences so I think that that's uh, I love 
I love the puzzly aspect of game design and trying to figure out how to crack a game and make it the most fun and all, all those kinds of problems that go along with it. But really, the the thing at the end of it is getting to watch people play something you created and it brings them joy and, and fun and 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 that's 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 really valuable. This is kind of a similar question, and maybe you've already answered it, but I, I like to ask game designers, why why do you make games? What drives you? I love I'm a I love storytelling. So, but um, I, I I was a filmmaker yeah. early early on, um, and a screenwriter. But screenwriting is a very solitary kind of form of cre- creativity. So is uh, novel writing or uh, writing fiction. Um, I, I love that kind of stuff. But you you basically sit by yourself in a room for, <laughs> for for months and months writing and just live with the material before you even show it to someone. And I found that I, di- I didn't really like that experience. Yeah. But game design is so different in that the first thing you need to do is get the game out of your head into prototype form and put it in front of people to play it. Yeah. Um, because it's about how other human beings interact with the game that is really going to determine um, uh, it, the design process. And so uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I really like game design. It's, I, I've done a lot of different creative things in my life, a lot of storytelling things, but this is, this is my favorite way to tell stories. And so Detective City of Angels is very story-driven. A lot of the other games we make, all of the things I want to design are very heavily story-driven experiences well it looks really really cool like the look of it is fantastic and i keep hearing people say wonderful things about it so congrats on releasing it uh i can't wait to check it out it's available here at gin con in very limited quantities by the time people hear this those will be long gone the copies here but uh where where can people find it and when so the you we might have a few copies for sale on our website at vanridergames.com, V-A-N-R-Y-D-E-R games.com. But the best way is that we are launching another Kickstarter to print it again and do a new expansion in a month. So September 16th, Detective City of Angels will be back on Kickstarter, and that will absolutely be the best way for people to get it. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Evan. This was awesome. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Robert Newton, where are you from? I am from Seattle, Washington. And uh, tell me about uh, Shuffle Grand Prix. What What is it? What makes it unique? Uh, so Shuffle Grand Prix is a racing game for two to four players. Um, the thing that makes it unique is that it is a shuffle building game. Yeah. You've got your driver and your co-pilot, and they've each got a unique deck of abilities that you're going to shuffle together before the game starts. Um, it's got eight different drivers, so there's a bunch of different combinations that you can play in the game. Uh, the goal is to get the highest distance total, and uh, once that deck runs out, that's the end of the game. Okay, cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty uh, pretty straightforward. It looked, and it, I, I've watched people play it. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, what uh, If you had to narrow down to one thing, what do you hope players get out of their time playing Shuffle Grand Prix? Well, oh, man, just one thing. That's tough. Uh, I think it's, it's, honestly, it's different for everybody. So some people are playing very strategic. You can equip a lot of things to your car. They want to sort of like plan ahead and really think about their turns a lot. Other people, they're just kind of bloodthirsty. They want to do a lot of damage. And I think the characters kind of, uh, they cater to that. And so you get to select which characters speak most most to your play style. And you can always uh, switch that up quite a bit. 
Yeah. Well, is this your first game? This is my first published game, yeah. Okay. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, no, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, so how did you get into, how did you fall into making games? Um, so I was making video games and uh, mobile games for a while, and okay. I was having a bit of trouble breaking into that scene. Yeah. Um, once I sort of like made this transition into tabletop, I, well, I mean, I started playing games with some of my friends, and I was like, yeah, you know, this seems like a good space to be in. Yeah. And I mean, if you're making programming and yeah, yeah. So I'm a software a engineer aesthetics. during the day. Yeah. And okay. so you know, programming as a hobby too, it's just it's too much. Yeah. Um, so it, making changes on a tabletop game, it's like you can pick up a card, you write directly on it, and you're like, okay, yeah. this is the rule now. Yeah. And that's what. You just mark those numbers out. And yeah, yeah. New yeah, like, oh, no, that's, that's not a two. It's a three now. Yeah. Just play yeah, that way. Right. Yeah, a lot, lot simpler. Oh yeah. In some ways, yeah. That's cool. And. Um, what what drives you to make games? Like, what, why do you why do you why do you do this? Um, so I am very much into puzzles and just like figuring out how to solve a puzzle is one thing. I just I kind of get a rush out of just like designing these puzzles and uh, helping other people sort of like figure out this system and how can they exploit it and how do they like how do they work through it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my games, they're, they're a puzzle that you just kind of have to figure out, like, okay, well, what, what knobs can I turn? What buttons can I push? And, yeah, that's yeah. where you go with it. Yeah. So it's a, fun, it's a fun puzzle for you in a way, I guess. Or, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, and then another question I like to ask uh, designers occasionally is, is, why do games matter to you? Why, why, is it, why, why are games a meaningful part of, of, of your life? Yeah, um, games are absolutely artwork. Like, they are... They're structured communication at their very core. So you're telling the players, like, all right, we're, we're going to have a chat, but here are the rules of engagement for this chat. We're going to yeah. communicate through these cards. And it's all about building this experience. You can say, like, okay, well, you know, we want to have something that's very, uh, well, maybe not very confrontational, but this is a take-that sort of game. So we're going to yeah. have something that's, like, very competitive. People are, like, getting into it and... Yeah. Uh, dealing out damage, preventing other things, and like, yeah, it's just it's a fun yeah. experience. So, yeah, building, cool. being able to build those experiences, I think, is it's an art form and it's there to be appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks great. Uh, when can is it available now? It's available right now. Okay. We have copies at Gen Con. Um, they are. Uh, it's currently available online, and it's going to stores as well. So it's going to be in Walmart and friendly local game stores. Okay, great, awesome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed it. I'm here with the designers of Point Salad. Uh, it's just a really cool new game here at Gen Con. And I'm just gonna. There's three of you, and I'll mess up somebody's name because I did. I don't know your last name, so I'm just gonna. So I know. I remember yours, Molly Johnson, right? Yes, Molly Johnson. Uh, Sean Stankiewicz and Robert Melvin. Cool. Cool. And uh, and how did you guys uh, meet each other to make this game? Like, how did that happen? Well, uh, I met Sean six years ago, and Sean and Rob were roommates, and we all discovered early on that we all love games very much, and so we have played games together for a long time, yeah. and uh, I think it was probably a result of Sean and I moving away from Rob to another city, uh, to Seattle, where we uh, moved into the neighborhood with 
Blue Highway Games, which is an excellent, friendly local game store, and we really got into playing in a whole new way. And quickly realized that there was just this huge world of games. And what do you mean by like playing in a whole new way? I'm curious. That, for example, uh, Blue Highway Games will often go to Essen and bring in new games that are not available in North America yet. And so we would see that and think, oh my goodness, like there's this whole other thing going on. People are so interested in, in looking at games in different ways and getting on top of it and learning all the new mechanics and all the things and where the boundaries are being pushed in terms of games. So Sean and I actually did a couple of reviews because we were like, hey, that seems like a fun thing to do. And it wasn't long into that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we didn't. We just even, it was a game that we had pre-ordered through their Essen uh, um, delivery. Uh, we just thought, well, we'll just do this. This will be goofy. Um, and then thought actually designing them might be something we really want to do. Um, and then it took off from there. So we've just been churning them out. <laughs> That's cool. So um, tell me about Point Salad. Uh, what is, what is the, give us a quick pitch on what the game is and what makes it unique. Sure. Yeah, so Point Salad's a two to six player, really quick drafting game. Probably the closest comparable would be something like Sushi Go. So it's, this is the kind of game that you can play with literally any, anyone. And the thing that excited us the most about it is that we were literally playing with families and like five and six year old kids and people really like easily could grasp the concepts of the game. Uh, but also gamers were loving it. So it was like, this is one of those few situations where it really bridges the, bridges the gap. So in Point Salad, uh, there's 108 uh, unique cards. They all have a different scoring condition on the back side of them. And then the front sides have one of six different veggies. So on your turn, all you're doing is you're either drafting more scoring conditions or you're drafting the veggies to help you fulfill that scoring condition to build the, the best salad worth the most amount of points. So it's very simple. Great, that's cool. And um, if you had to narrow it down to one thing, what do you hope players get out of their experience playing a game? What do you hope they gain from their time playing the game? Oh. I don't know. Answer <laughs> that. I think. Oh. Yeah, I, I you would both answer. Yeah, I would argue it would probably be just to get them hooked, to get them hooked on gaming, to get them hooked on. You know what? Uh, I can do something more than what I played as a kid and find a deeper level of experience without having to think of this huge complex game that's going to take three hours. I can get this deep gaming experience in still 15 to 20 minutes yeah. with only a deck of cards. Yeah. That's what we want to, that's what I want to get out of it. Would you add, add, want to add anything? You know, the nicest part of the last few days has been playing, teaching people how to play this game and seeing that they're having a lot of fun and that they, sometimes they get it right away and sometimes it takes them a few uh, turns and then they get it and then by the end they're like, okay, now I really, really get it and I really want to play again. But mostly at the end that they've just had such a fun experience and that they can see playing it with lots of different people and that they've had just a, a just challenging enough and like fun experience. Yeah, great. Also, the, the player count, the fact that it goes up to six is really nice because like oftentimes you have a larger group yeah. and you want to like do something that's quick and light, uh, but that isn't necessarily a party game. Like This is kind of like an intro to like Euro games, right? It's oh, like yeah. set collection and yeah. drafting, right? So it's a really fun way to like do that in a really bite-sized kind of gaming experience. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then just a couple more questions. Um, why do you make games? What drives you guys to do this? Um... I think that for me, it's 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 like a puzzle. There's always a new puzzle to solve, right? Like, oh, what's this mechanic or this theme, and like, how have we thought about that in a certain way? Like, there's just always 
some inspiration that captures one of the three of us. And then uh, I do it because I love collaborating. I mean, with Flat Out Games, we've now started to um, uh, help some of our friends publish games that we feel really passionate about. So I love working with different people. This is why we started this as a collaborative endeavor. Um, and the experience is so much more rich that way. The development and design and publishing process, all of that stuff is just better with other people. So I do it for a social thing. I mean, I just really love learning, uh, meeting new people, and uh, that's been the most fun thing for me. Uh, for myself, it's I always have that analytical mindset. So every single game I play, I always am going to leave with some experience like, well, what if this had been the case? Or what if we had done that? Or what if this was changed? And then from that, you end up with, well, I guess no game has ever done that. Could we do that? How could we implement it? Who would the target audience be? And how would we make that successful? And so it's not as... it. For myself, it goes beyond that, well, that's kind of curious, I wonder if that would work, it's more, but how could it work? How would we make it work? And then seeing if it can come to come to a conclusion. Yeah. Hmm. Love it. Okay. <laughs> the thing I think I like most about the game design process is thinking about making games that are accessible to people or that hit the kinds of themes that maybe haven't been out there in the past so that people aren't uh, thinking, well, you know, I don't want to play something that's a war game, or I don't, for me, I don't want to play something that's set in space, but there's all these other types of games out there, because I think gaming has so much potential, and people want a thing that they can do with people when they're not um, going out, uh, they don't have to go out and spend a bunch of money, they don't have to uh, go to a bar, or there's like a huge overhead cost if you have a family like going out to an amusement park. You can do something at, at home that's really fun, and yeah. if there's a range of themes and different types of games, then you're getting more of that experience. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much for your time. This was great chatting with y'all. Um, Points out, looks super fun. I'm, ex I'm excited to try it out here, uh, here pretty soon, so... Uh, sold out here at Gen Con, which has got to be pretty rad for y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, congrats, and uh, we'll look forward to more games from uh, from Flat Out Games as your as your studio, right? So, yeah. and it's available now. Point Salad is the game. Uh, if the, if stores have pre-ordered, it will be available now. Otherwise, it's like a September right. yeah. release. Yeah. Great. Cool. Right. Well, thanks again. So I'm here with Josh Wood. You're one of the developers, or the developer of, how do you say it, Atelier? It, it's Atelier. It's a French word for a um, like an artist studio. Right, yeah. yeah. Cool. See, I have no idea how yeah. to pronounce these things. I, I have two art degrees, um, and I in my in my schooling I had to take like seven or eight art history classes. So okay. my, my, my knowledge came in handy for, for this project at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about the game. What makes it unique? Yeah, so what's unique about Atelier is that um, it's kind of a fun, interesting theme about painting, but um, on top of it, you um, get to use dice, and it's got this kind of like area control uh, system into it, so it's kind of interesting. It's like a light game, but it also has this kind of like neat little um, kind of like finesse plays, like, oh, do I just try to go all in with my dice that I rolled, or am I going to try to like slow play them and kind of like hope for better actions later. Yeah, yeah. If you had to narrow it down to one thing, what do you hope players get out of their experience playing the game? Yeah, I, I hope that people um, really get a good feeling of the theme, you know, the 19th century art. Every single uh, painting is from 19th century art. We made sure that 
we designed the uh, rule book to look like a museum brochure, and uh, we picked the paintings very specifically. They're from four different periods. There's realism, impressionism, post-impressionism, um, and uh, and and so the the paintings are very like. Um, you know, diverse, and you know, you know, it's just like a nice, like overall package. And you know, I hope people, you know, have like the fun time of like playing and kind of like experiencing that like world. Yeah, yeah. Maybe encourage them to appreciate art a little bit more on some level. Yeah, I I had to take those those uh, seven art history classes, so I learned to appreciate art, and and hopefully um, I, I was able to spread that love to yeah, other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what uh, what what drives you to make games? If you had to answer that question, like what 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 makes you get up in the morning to do this? Why do you why do you want to be a part of this industry? Yeah, so um, I, I'm a game designer. I uh, designed a game called Cat Lady, and um, I'm the developer now with AEG. You know, we worked in Tiny Towns Atelier, and um, honestly. I just love putting things out into the world and, you know, I, I've always loved it when people, like, uh, go, you know, uh, above and beyond and, like, little details and that I just kind of hope that people appreciate the details that, you know, that, that me and other people put in our games. Something that I, I love to do just, like, to kind of express myself and um, kind of... You, you know, nerd out with other people. I love coming to conventions and just talking to people about what games they're like excited about. Um, and it's really um, exciting when people are like, oh, I met you last year and we had such a fun time playing your game and it's, you know, so great. So, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, happens for Atelier. People come back and say, oh man, I got this game last year and it was so great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, one last question I like to ask people in the games industry is why do games matter to you? Why are they important to you? Yeah, so um, for me, I think it is, you know, kind of that cliche, but it's so true answer. It's about people coming together and just sort of, you know, using their minds. And, and for me, it's very, you know, relaxing to kind of laugh and be with people, but also like kind of challenge your brain and kind of keep it moving and like working. Um, it's definitely the people. Coming to these conventions is, is such a like a uh, you, the, the proof is in the pudding. You know, you just meet so many great people. You get to play so many great games to people, and every year, you know, you see like people that you only see at the conventions, and it's just so exciting. Yeah. So uh, one another question is uh, when is a atelier? Did I say it right? Yeah. When is it available? Um, it is in stores now. Okay, great. And um, where can people find it? Uh, there are local game stores. Um, and you know their favorite online shops uh, should, should, should be arriving with them all soon. Okay, great, awesome. Well, looking forward to it. And uh, another thing I did want to ask, because we talked about this earlier, but I don't think we recorded it on the podcast. I don't think I was recording when I asked. What's the reception been like here at Gen Con? Showing, I mean, you've shown it to a ton of people here. How have people received it? Yeah, it's been going really great. Um, we've had tables. Um, um, every day, and people are liking it. We're, we're, we've been selling uh, a lot of copies, and um, overall, we've been doing great with uh, all our games. I think it's a, a good year and a good lineup for AEG this year, for yeah, sure. Great. Yeah, we've already, I already talked to the guys and gal, the the, the people from Point Salad, and yeah. um, chatted with so there's some other AEG games I've talked to people from. Now, I'm, 
Tiny Towns, I talked to uh, Peter from Tiny yeah, yeah, Towns. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah Peter, Peter's great, and yeah. then the people from Flat Out Games uh, with Point Salad, and I mean, the, the, you know, Lot, a lot of new designers um, entering the world of being like you know designers and, and developers and whatnot, and it is um, great. Like everyone, like there's so many like new designers that are like just hungry to like express themselves and come up with like new interesting games. And um, I think you know game design, people have barely scratched the surface of like interesting game ideas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's encouraging to see some really unique, fun. Uh, I think. Um, accessible or, or maybe accessible is not the right word but um inclusive the the games that AEG is putting out right now just feel like inclusive to a wide group of people which is which is neat so i uh, really appreciate that 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 from your studio so yeah i mean we made a decision a couple years that um our main focus is fewer better games you know we don't just want to like make a game to make a game. We want to make a game that we believe is is a game that people are going to remember. Yeah, great. Well, thanks so much. This is great. Yeah, thank you. So I'm here with Frank West, and you are the designer of Isle of Cats. That's correct. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, good, good to see you. Um, have you, is this, is this your first game? Have you done other games before? Um, so this is our third game. We did The City of Kings and The Doran Gardens, which were our previous games. Okay, great. And um, how's it been so far, showing the game at Gen Con? Yeah, it's been really good. It's been so crazy, and the amount of people coming to the booth has just been non-stop, but it's exciting. I mean, that's why we're here, and I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of buzz around the game. I mean, I heard you guys sold out. Is that true? Um, so we're doing pre-orders at the show, okay. but we like the amount of pre-orders we're getting is comparable to the amount of sales that other booths are getting of new release games. Yeah, that's exciting, given that you don't actually have a box to put in people's exactly. hands, but people are still, still buying it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, going to Gen con and pre-ordering a game you're not going to get for eight or nine months versus taking the newest game that's just come out like there's only some people who are going to do that so yeah Yeah, it's been amazing where are you from um from bristol which is in the southwest of england okay cool and how long have you been making games um so i started working on my first board game around four to five years ago and it's something I've always kind of done as a hobby and you know even when I was a child I designed little ideas and stuff but it kind of became serious I guess in the last four years or so so um, I was gonna ask how you got into it was it mostly just you've always kind of had a passion a love for for gaming or Um, to a degree like I've always had a passion for video gaming and I always saw myself as someone who was going to design video games I was a programmer by nature I worked on lots of little projects but it just never was possible to create the kind of game I wanted to create on my own and then as I got more and more into board gaming I realized that I could create a whole board game on my own and it could still do these kind of really cool innovative things and that's why I started exploring it Great. Well, Isle of Cats, I know, is your, your, your latest IP, your, your newest game. Um, give us the quick pitch on that. What makes it unique? So the Isle of Cats is a card drafting polyomino game. So one of these like Tetrisy games where you put Tetrises on a board. But where it's a bit different is it's a kind of medium weight game. So it's a 90 minute kind of real like thinky game where it's not just a case about how do I fill my board, but more about how do I make strategical decisions to build engines, create kind of combos and then place tiles to achieve various goals. Yeah, great. Cool. And um if you had to narrow it down to one thing, what do you hope players gain from their time playing Isle of Cats? 
I think it's a enjoyable experience because we've tried to make this game. It's got a cat theme, and we want yeah. this to be like the gamer's game of choice for kind of cat theme games. And often when you play a cat theme game, it's a lot more light or party-ish. Yeah. So we want this to be a game where people can just kind of have fun. See the enjoyment, and everyone agrees apparently of the clapping all around us. Yeah. Make it a little bit lighter and enjoyable, but still a thinky game. Are you a cat person? I am. Yeah, I've had cats for many years now. Cool. How many cats do you have now? Um, so at the moment, I have three cats. Um, two of them at one home and one at another. Cool. And. Uh Another question I like to ask designers is why do you make games that drives you to do this? Um, so for me, I really enjoy kind of logical thinking, but I also, which obviously comes through game design, but I also really enjoy the kind of talking to people who are playing my games and knowing that you're kind of introducing happiness into kind of homes and families. The amount of people who come to me at conventions and say they're enjoying games that I've made, that's what creates the motivation for me to kind of keep pushing and doing more of it. Great. And then last question, uh, why do games matter to you? Why do they matter to you personally? I think for me, it's something that as a child, I remember leaving school and running home to play video games with my friends. We'd sit on a couch yeah. and we'd play Mario Kart or GoldenEye. And over time, I kind of, I lost that. We don't sit together anymore. Yeah. We don't play games. And board gaming has really brought that back into my life. The fact that you're in a room, there's no technology, there's no anything else. It's just you and your friends yeah. and this enjoyable experience that you and the people with you drive into being like this wonderful thing. Yeah, that's great. I remember um, like having big LAN parties with like Halo and and then also Goldeneye, like spending the night with my friends and staying up all night playing Goldeneye. Like that's an experience we don't really have around digital video games, uh, digital games anymore. But board games provide us that opportunity. Exactly, and it's exactly why I kind of I love them so much these days. It it gives you that social gaming fun experience that the digital world has perhaps lost in some ways. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much, Frank. It's great talking to you. And uh, Isle of Cats looks fantastic. Uh, when can we expect to see it? No worries. Thank you very much. It um, is going to be shipping in March in 2020. So hopefully it will be available in retail just after then. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's great. Hey, I'm here with Diana Ramirez, who is the marketing manager for Yellow. And uh, how's the show been for you so far? It's been really amazing. Um, we've we've come to see here like a lot of our fans or our board gaming family. Um, it's grown so much over the years uh, here at Gen Con, and we're really happy and humbled that a lot of the games have so much interest, and they even made like a lot of lists here um, yeah. for Board Game Geek and everything. So we're really happy, and uh, we love being a part of this community. So yeah. we're just overall happy and really excited for the games that we have out now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Crystal was telling us that uh, Ishtar is like number one, the number one voted game with BGG here at Gen Con. That's pretty cool. It is. Yeah, we have actually a lot of our titles in the top 50. Um, so we're really happy about that. And again, like our fans, you guys are just the best for us. Yeah, yeah. Tell me really quick about Ishtar because I think that's probably the game our audience is most excited about. What makes it unique? So in Ishtar, um, I, well, like any other yellow game, we really like try to bring the story to life. 
and with captivating visuals, with a captivating story, and you're trying to become the king's preferred gardener. So you have gardening assistance, you have gems, you have tile placement, you have territory control, beautiful imagery across the board. It's one of our games that we worked really hard on with Bruno Casala and Evan Singh to design and really bring that, that story to life. So um, it's very yellow, it's very us, it's very um, very captivating, I would yeah. say. That's what I think yeah. makes it a little bit different. Yeah, when you say it's very yellow, very us, what, 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 do, what do you mean? Like, what, what, do you, what it defines an yellow game for, for you? For us, it's story coupled in with um, active gameplay and visuals. Visuals are very important to us because we really want to bring that story to life. Yeah, cool. And, uh, so, and then tell me really quick just about a couple of the other games, maybe maybe one or two that you're most excited about here that uh, you're, you guys are showing. I know that's hard, yeah. but... <laughs> so we are having a huge year, actually, in terms of releases. And um, so it's hard to pinpoint which ones ex uh, exactly are, are going to be the ones I'm most excited about because I tend to be most excited about right. all of them. Yeah. But I know um, I gave you an unfair question. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. So um, Loki is a brand now that's owned by Yellow. And that is our board game line for kids and their families. So I'm really excited about that line uh, because within that line, that brand of board games um, cater to kids and their families. Uh, we are bringing a lot of the yellow elements, the visuals, the storytelling, um, but primarily we're trying to teach the kids and their families uh, the main mechanics behind a lot of the board game play. So, card drafting, tile placement, memory, territory control. Those are a lot of the themes, a lot of the, the mechanics that you'll see represented within each of the individual games. And so we're really excited about that. We're really excited also that a lot of our games are winning awards and some of them are just been released. So SOS Dino on the Loki line is one of those as well. Um, and in that year it's a collaborative game where you have miniature dinosaurs. So it's dinosaurs, volcanoes, uh, that are erupting and meteorites, dinosaur eggs, you're trying to get to safety. I mean, who doesn't love dinosaurs? Um, so I'm really excited about SOS Dino. Little Town is another one of our biggest releases this year. And in that, it's a lot of tile placement, a lot of territory control, resource control. Um, and it's really exciting. Um, Decrypto, which is on the BGG list top 10 party games, um, was number two last time I checked. Uh, we have a new expansion for it called Laser Drive, which adds, I don't want to spoil too much, but you got to definitely check it out because it's amazing, amazing expansion. Really, really uh, shifts the game di dynamic a little bit. Yeah. And we have a lot of mini games coming out. Uh, Farmini on the Loki line. We also have a regular game, Troll and Dragon on the Loki line, and Ninja Academy on the Yellow line. Well, they all look really, really sharp. They look really good. So, a uh, couple, couple last questions. Um, why do you make games? Why do you want to be involved in this industry? It's to bring people together. We love hearing from our board game family that they picked up one of our games or any game for that instance, and that they're, it brought their family together or it brought their friends together and it builds memories. So building those memories, making those connections, you know, I know it sounds really sappy, but here at Yellow, we're kind of pretty sappy as people. 
so um, bringing people together is really like our number one goal. Everything that we do is centered around that. Great. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, if you had to narrow it down to one thing, when you think of what you hope um, people get out of their time playing yellow games, what would it be? Fun memories. So some of our games will, will make you, you know, think and, and really uh, plan out your actions. And some are really silly and some are, you know, fun mixed in with strategic. And it's all kinds of different types of games that um, kind of like come into play when, when we're, we're creating them. But we really just want to help you build memories with the people that you love and care for. And last question, uh, why do games matter to you personally? Oh, along the same lines, actually. So I got introduced to board gaming maybe about a couple years ago, and um, it ended up just being a great way to bring all of our friends together over at my house. I ended up figuring out that I love hosting, like game nights. I love ho getting people together. Um, and it really, like, created so much amazing memories. And it's interesting because, like, you could buy a board game and it could be like anywhere between $15 to $50 and you can have an endless amount of fun with it. Yeah. Um, so instead of like going out or doing something different, you can kind of like host a game night, bring people together, make some memories and all for like a very low cost yeah. in my eyes at yeah, least. For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. That's great. I love it. Well, thanks so much, Diana. It was great uh, chatting with you.